Hi everyone! Left to our own devices, the conference may be over, but you can still watch the recording at cybellum.com conference. Tune in to listen to FDA updates from FDA executives themselves, learn about AI in automotive from NVIDIA, the AI leader, and listen to product security leaders from Philips, Honeywell, CISA, and more. Go to cybellum.com conference and watch the recording for free. See you at the next event! You're listening to Left to Our Own Devices, the podcast dedicated to everything product security. So uh, our guest today is uh, Ronan Lago. Ronan uh, has spent the past 20 years developing and deploying intelligence systems and cyber infosec products as uh, both CTO and head of product in many companies you may have heard of, such as uh, Daimler, Lockheed Martin, Motorola, CYE, and others. Among many other things, he's also uh, an advisor to Cybellum. So you name it, he's done it. Very excited to have him on the show. Ronan, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on call. So can you tell us uh, a little bit about your journey in product security, how it started? Yeah, so actually it started uh, back 20 years ago, really in the army, actually, when we developed an intelligence system that needs um, to be hardenized and protected and deliver edge capabilities to some other countries that uh, we shared information with. And this is where we started either to understand what our enemies are doing from security perspective, but also how we protect our products against those enemies. And this journey kind of walked me through, as you said, most of my entire last 20 years uh, in different areas, different domains. At the end of the day, in our world, every product, every system have some level of security capabilities inside it. There is always the trade between how secure it should be or can be versus how to use it. Because at the end of the day, if it's a very secure product, but no one can use it, it's not good. So there is always the balance to find the right weighted between how to make it secure enough or protected enough. And on the other hand, usable by people that are not security experts. They are, you know, my grandma, for example, that she will be able to operate this kind of product. And in the last, I think, two or three years, uh, which is a journey that started also in Daimler, we saw that many executives understand that product security is not just a headache, let's call it like this, or a pain that they need to take care of. They also understand that it can become a benefit to their business, like they did with our car is is the safetyest car, Uh, our product is safety. So yes, they branded our car for example, in automotive is secure and actually leverage the product security to be an enabler to new technologies, new capabilities, new go-to-market, and not just the headache of of the classic IT people, which used to be the case in the last 15 years. Great. So, Ronan, you've been really outspoken about the need for drastic reorganization in device companies, not only to prepare for coming regulations, but to safeguard devices. So what would be your advice to companies with a very small security practice today who want to build up and really create a security operation 
that provides the security that's needed for these devices? It's a good question. Like any other, not only related to security, there are a shortage of, of human resources to handle it, which means that you must work much more with automation and making sure you're using your limited team time much, much more efficiently and, and much more accurate. If we took it a classic organization today, again, some of them already has the change, security was getting into the game very late. After most of the product was developed, everything was almost ready. Now we want to go to the market. And a minute before, okay, let's try to do something with security. At this point, the ability to really fix things or to influence about stuff was minor. Those small teams need to invest a lot of effort in a very short time to give their conclusion, but the actual overall security or their impact or the security posture of the system is minor because it's too late in the process. So organization today understand what we call the shift left, starting as earlier as possible and getting those security team as earlier as possible in the process, even already in the design process, you know, giving them two-hour session of security architecture when they design the product. It's a low effort, but the value of the outcome of this kind of meetings that coming out with the right mechanism, with the right hooks, giving the mindset to those people, changing dramatically. Awareness training for developers. You know, one security guys can guide 100 developers. The impact that it caused to the product, to the product security and to the efficiency of the process is much, much higher than he will go to check from a security perspective, the code that those 100 developers have done. So, of course, yes, they will do mistakes. He needs to do his job. But again, he reduced dramatically the amount of the noise, let's call it like this. And if there are mistakes, they are the more critical or the big ones. So it's make his life more efficient. On the same angle, you can take the automation capabilities and, and the tools that are there that support this process. And the idea is really to reduce we call it the white noise, okay, in communication, the, the, all of the background or the stupid mistake, misconfigurations, known problems, reduce the amount of taking care of them to the minimum or to make it more automated and really focus on what matters most. Focus on the critical issues, focus on the core of the business and the IP that is, cannot be automated. This where organization need to really change their mindset and use their team much more efficiently during the way and not only at the end of the process. And I think this is the revolution that, you know, me as, as an executive in some of my companies, but also when we are coming to as an advisory, this is one of the key issues that we see in leaderships, understand the risk in advance. So it gives you some kind of preemptive capabilities to do something. It's not going to be only in security, but you will be able to do some preemptive actions Earlier in the process, it will be more efficient, it will cost you less, and hopefully we will be able to go to market faster because you're not waited to the end and you're taking care or handle most of the risk in advance. So the benefit is huge to the company if they will do it right. So actually, I have two follow-up questions to what you mentioned. So first of all, what you're saying is that from the design phase, through production, through post-production, even, I guess, upgrades to the devices. Mm -hmm. The R&D teams, even the after-support teams, they all need to be with a security mindset that what they're providing to their customers is safe and that their customers can rely on the fact that these devices 
have been checked from the beginning, from the design phase through, let's say, you know, OTA updates that might occur to the devices? Yeah, so exactly. It's need to be what, you know, the marketing buzzword is the life cycle of the product. But yes, at the end of the day, if you drive a car, you want to make sure it's safe. You don't care, you know, you don't want her safe just after the day after you bought it. You want to make sure it's safe after two years. You want to make sure it's safe after you got out from fixing from the garage. You want to make sure it's safe. On the same equation, is you want to make sure it's, it's security. If you do a, a mobile update to your mobile, you're not concerning today, hey, is it secure or not? Should I check its security? It's, you know, it's become kind of a standard. So the customer, the end consumer are expected that you will handle or take responsibility from the design perspective until the end of the life of the product, also from security. So does that also include, it'll include the code that's developed in-house, but does that also include looking at the different parts that would come through the supply chain that are already have already been created and basically are being integrated? Definitely, because... It's coming, and again, it wasn't the case, but big vendors and OEM understand that the security is their reliability. Okay, looking from the end customer perspective, he don't care if you develop it, you use third parties, you have a combination of 50 different suppliers. Okay, he bought a product from you, you are responsible for this product, and I'm expecting from you to do everything to make sure that it's there. So companies now understand that the reputation and the impact, they cannot say, hey, it's my product, I sell it to you, but hey, this bug is from someone else or from one of my suppliers. People and OEM leadership understand that it's their own responsibility, their only liability on the product, and they must take care also on their suppliers, on their vendors as a one box. And this is one of the, again, the mindset changes that have been in the industry that haven't been there in the past. Ronan, looking at two or three years into the future, I'm curious what you think about the companies that should win this security challenge and the ones who don't. What do you think would be the main difference between them? Or in other words, what would make the winners win? So it's a good question. So I think and I touched it a little bit before, that the ones that will be able to create a security as enabler to their growth and enabler to adapting new digital revolution, new technologies, new capabilities in a more secure way will be the winner market because they will be able to move faster, to adapt new capabilities faster, to offer to the customers new technologies. And again, security will be the envelope layer to make sure everything is correct. But if in the last years, security become a blocker, many progresses and to many capabilities and new technologies, the ones that will understand that it's an enabler and it can help their business to grow and to move faster and to be more efficient will be the one that will probably win the market. So, if you think about, you know, this this issue of shifting left, something we heard about a lot is that obviously it's not easy, right? Think about developers, people in the design phase, whatever the industry really, they don't yet, you know, are eager to have security people involved and intervene with what they do uh, so much. So how would you tackle that problem and what are the best practices to try and solve that problem uh, going forward? Again, from my personal experience, usually 
it must come from executives of, of the company, the understanding that it's not if the developers want or it's a nice to have, it's a mandatory issue that everyone needs to take care from early, early stage. Because, you know, developers, just like they don't like the QA guys who find them problems and find them mistakes, they think they are doing perfect, but everyone understanding the market that you must have a QA because everyone do mistakes and you must make sure that the product is in a high quality. Similar to this, you must do security. So uh, it should come from uh, executive management. Uh, I believe at the beginning to force them, let's call it like this, to make sure that the security team is involved as early as possible in the process. But I believe that during the time, and, and I saw the result in the field after few of these meetings that both sides understand that they benefit from it. Developers understand that get less QA and issues to fix. The security team understand that if the developers will know about it, they will can do only the cool stuff and the interesting stuff and not deal with the garbage and the noise. So after a few meetings, you see the snowballs rolling and they starting work together and they start each other to talk with each other. But to initiate it, you will probably need a very close executive attention. This is, again, from my personal experience in big corporates, this is what makes the difference. That's really interesting because we've heard some feedback that, you know, sometimes uh, even the development teams see, for example, compliance or regulations like, though it's a necessary evil in some points because they're looking to get their products out to market. They're looking to meet their KPIs for the development cycle. And yet, here comes along product security and says, hey, guys, we can't use that or we have to do this differently or we found a vulnerability, which could potentially set them back you know, on the way. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying, that it has to come from the executive level. What's interesting to me would be, what do you think are the drivers at the executive level? Would it be more to fulfill um, the needs of the compliance and regulatory issues? Would it be brand protection? or? You know, are they altruists and they really would like to safeguard their devices? <laughs> you know, that would be what we would hope, I guess. But we know that business <laughs> yeah. sometimes, you know, speaks differently. <laughs> so I think in many, many industries, okay, also in the industries that we are speaking, which are more, let's call it the traditional one, okay, automotive, robotics, manufacturing, healthcare, and things like that, still the regulation and compliance are one of the key drivers to executive because, you know, without it, they cannot do anything, okay? They want to comply, for example, healthcare, not related even to security, to the FDA, because without it, they will not be able, you know, to sell the product at all. So if the FDA now going out with security regulation, they will must meet it. But when we talked before about the winners, those are the ones who will understand that compliance is only the first level. Yes, it's the enabler to pass the game, but if you want to win the market, you must have a different mindset. You must understand that you need to do things differently and not just, you know, do the checkbox and cross the bar. We are compliance. And, and this is the small difference, okay, between being in the market or winning the market. And I think the executive that will understand that in order to win the market, they need to do more and they need to invest more in this and change the organization mindset. Those are the ones that will lead the future market in a few years from now. So the DNA has to be such that they want to 
safeguard their products and not just that they're doing it for the sake of compliance. Exactly. Same for, you know, ignore technology for a moment. They develop a product. They want to be the best in the market. Okay. They don't want to meet the minimum unless you're doing a cheap product with a cheap pricing and this is your go-to market. I'm going to be the cheapest product ever. So this is a go-to market. It's okay. But if you want to win the product, most of them want because quality, customer feedback, high technology and innovation. So the same should go to security. If you want to be the best, it's, it's part of it. You cannot do the minimum in one area and, and, and think about differently uh, in others. It must be part of the DNA. It must be part of every discussion. And the one that will understand it earlier and will implement it earlier will perform better. Yeah, can you share with us one of the um, defining events or a war story you know that you have lived through that has come to and helped to shape your view on product security? Yeah, I have two. I will take one, but which coming uh, from you know a different perspective. One of the key products that uh, I have developed were very very exclusive intelligence system and security system, very very sophisticated very advanced with a lot, a lot of capabilities. Uh, and we shifted to a country in Asia that were the buyer of the system. And they repeat calling us and say, hey, the product is not working. The product is not working. And we tested it from remote and it looks perfect. And they said, the product is not working. The product is not working. So we fly there and we saw that they actually, beside the power button, they didn't understand how to do, what to operate, what to do with it. It was too secure for them. So they actually didn't manage to function anything in the product. So we go back home, we remove everything to become uh, behind the scene, and we give them kind of a dashboard with, you know, three buttons, off, play, and stop. And everything was, you know, all the magics goes behind the scene. And suddenly it was become the best seller of the company. So this is where I learned that it's good to have a good security, but too much security, you know, is, is, also, is on the, the bad side. So it always needs to be the balance between usability and how to make it efficient and to move forward. And a few years later, I also developed another product, again, not related to security. It's internet over power line. You connect it and it's increased your Wi-Fi and things like that. And there is also a security mechanism there. And the issue based on the previous story that I just told you, I give to my designer, I told him, Hey, your test is that my 80 years old grandma will know how to do this secure pairing. If you are managing for her to do the secure pairing, we win the market. And they hate me at the beginning, but in the end, when we find a solution, it was amazing. And this is the trick between doing a good security and a good product and, and finding the right balance. I think this is something that I'm trying to bring over my career many designers and developers that sometimes forget that behind a great product that they are developing, there is a user that needs to use it. And he's not a developer. And in most cases, he's not an expert in technology, but still he wants to use the product. And I think this is kind of the working that I'm taking with me for many, many years and shape most of the products that I'm developing. Sounds like your, your grandma is a big part of your development process. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, yes, definitely. She has done so many testing uh, to products that I have developed. But again, now she's uh, you know she's playing bridge and she's surfing in the internet. But 
Yeah, she, she's definitely my case study. If I'm passing here, I will pass everyone, definitely. Shlomi, I have to tell you a story. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like your customer that you had in Asia because I rented a car, I think it was in Germany, a few years ago, and I got into the car and I pushed the start button. I didn't hear anything, but my seat went back and I couldn't understand what was going on. So I pushed it again and the seat went forward and I did it again. The seat went back and I go into the, the office, I think it was Avis. And I said to them, I think something's wrong with the car. They said, what? I said, you know, I pushed the start button and the seat goes back and they said, okay, so what's wrong with the car? And then it, it turned out that you can set the seat where you want it to be. You push the start button. You don't hear anything because the engine is so silent. And then when you push the start button, it goes back to the original position. And I had no idea. And it, it took me literally five minutes. I'm playing with it until I went inside the office in order to find out that I just don't know what I'm doing. And again, it's not only in cyber, you know, it's in any, as you said, product technology. Sometimes engineering are forgetting that there is a customer at the end of the day behind the scene. And the same goes for security. Uh, you know, it's sometimes there is the, always the fight, you know, how strong your password should be. So from security perspective, it's better that you have at least 16 character up to 24, you know, very complex and things like that. But when you force the employee to do it, everyone write it on a note and put it on their table because they don't remember it, which become worse. Or they replicate it to all of their sites because they, if they remember, they want to remember it only once. So you always need to find the balance between what is okay and what is efficient to the, you know, the best you can get from security. Right. And this is things that I'm taking with me during my career. So, Ronen, do you have some practical tips for uh, product security professionals in 2022? Definitely. So I think that organizations need to understand that the threat landscape and security landscape will touch every piece and part of their business. And there is no way that human resources or the current resources will be able to manage it effectively. Again, not keeping their head up of the water, but really become a winner. And they need to invest, as they do in other technologies, to make it you know, more automated, more smart, to make sure they are using their security product team more efficiently, clean the noise that's called from compliance and classic issues with automated capabilities and platform and focus on what matters most to the business uh, and what can drive the business and make it more competitive. And the combination between the human capability and automation, some of it with some AI capabilities, I think will be mandatory for every company, no matter what is your size and how big is your team, because as big as your team, as big as your problem, usually. So if, if you take the equation, each one of the companies will need to find the right balance for her between implementing more and more tools and using their teams more efficiently. I think this is the mindset going forward for 2022. This is one. And the other one is security team need to work hand-to-hand with the classic product team because at the end of the day, both of them need to remember that they have a customer to sell and the product need to be high quality and faster in the market. And only if they work together and not as the security guy will be the annoying kid that you know, the party pooper that always put the problems and, and keep the delays, but we'll work from the beginning 
I think this is also will make a big, big difference in the company culture or company DNA, as David called them before, doing this stuff. And again, it's involving, as we said before, the management, maybe some work with the HR, to make them work as one team. You know, security team is a separated team. It must be part of the team, again, not only in the buzzwords or in the technical part, but also really integrated part in the security. And looking forward, we really think that being able to do it or implement it correctly will make the difference. Well, you know, we really thank you a lot for being with us here today. No pun intended, you've had an incredible ride in the automobile industry and some of the other industries. Maybe there was a pun intended. So we wish you a lot of luck going forward. We're going to keep an eye on you because we know that wherever you go, security seems to take a much higher level. And we'll be watching to see how you succeed in your next venture, because I know you recently left CYE, so CYE. And good luck, and thanks again for being with us. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, and wish you also great success in what you're doing. Thanks a lot, Ronan. Left to Our Own Devices is brought to you by Cybellum. To learn more, visit cybellum.com.